0: Hi, and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist podcast. My name is Caitlin, and I'm a writer and editor uh, at Anime Feminist, as well as running my own blog, I Have a Heroin Problem.
1: Hi, my name's Amelia. I'm the editor-in-chief of Anime Feminist.
2: Oh, that's it? You're not going to give them like your Twitter or nothing? I, no. <laughs> 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 it was so short and to the point. I, that's, it's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Dee Hogan, the managing editor for Anime Feminist. I also run the anime blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can find me on Twitter at Jose Next Door.
1: Oh, that was so much better than mine. Okay,
2: I'll, I'll study
0: for <laughs> next time. <laughs> uh, this week, we're, t- we're talking about Miss Hokusai, the 2015 biopic directed by Keiichi Hara about Katsushika Oe, daughter of the famed Edo artist, Edo-era Edo artist Hokusai. The film eschews uh, a traditional narrative structure instead using vignettes to create a snapshot of the young woman for about a year in her life toward the end of her apprenticeship. O.A. historically was uh, an actual artist who lived from about 1800 to 1866. She spent most of her life working alongside her father, except for a few years when she married another one of his students. That union ended in divorce, supposedly because of her contempt for his lack <laughs> of talent. She was, a, uh, she was a talented artist in her own right, best known for her paintings of beautiful women. We only know of about 10 works attributed to hers, but some scholars do believe that some works commonly attributed to her father were actually painted by O.A. So, what did you guys think of the movie? Just to step back for a
1: second, I didn't realize that she married a guy and was like, no, you're not good enough at painting.
0: <laughs> you're out. <laughs> is that true? Is that is that just rumor? Or... uh that is um that came up in most of the sources i looked at it did end quickly um i'm not sure how much basis there is on her uh, for her like actually just like uh mocking him for not (laughs) being a very good artist (laughs) um but, yeah, it, it it was only, like, three years. But they didn't cover that in the film at
2: all, did they? So they... No.
0: No, the film was only about a year. And it
2: was before uh, she ever met the guy, I would assume.
0: Yeah, she, she she mentioned it in the end. Yes. She When she was sort of narrating, um, doing the sort of Fast Times at Ridgemont High style... Epilogue. ...narration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that she, she got married and then she came back.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this this one was really hard for me to connect to. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Miss Hoxay. Um, it's a beautiful film. Each of the vignettes is is, is slightly different. I'm, trying, I'm struggling to express this. But it felt like a slightly different style, theme, approach. Each one was quite individual. And I really appreciated that. Um, and it felt like there was some slight character growth over the, the period of time. But honestly, I think a lot of that is is just implied. We don't see a lot of it. And that doesn't work for what I tend to look for in the films that I truly fall in love with. So it's not like In This Corner of the World, which came out recently, um, mm-hmm. where you see a very clear progression of the main character's uh, personal growth and her relationships with the people around her, especially her husband. Um, this is such a different, approach to portraying the life of a young woman
0: and I found it difficult to connect with but I thought it was absolutely beautiful to watch it is beautiful it's uh it, it was I was watching it on um, my fancy Roku TV um, <laughs> and but I was just looking at and I love animation in high definition um, it really is just like one of my favorite things just because just the clarity of the lines Um, and the brightness of the colors, um, makes it really easy for me to appreciate on a purely visual level. Um, so it is like just a stunningly gorgeous movie, but I really liked OA. I liked the approach of not really worrying about her character development, but rather showing a more complete picture of who she is, um, at this particular moment in her life because uh, she is a really multifaceted character. And I, I don't know how much this character OA has to do with the real OA. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's fairly fictionalized. <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter, um, does it? So much of the film is presented
1: in such but, a fantastical yeah, way that it it doesn't present it's itself true. as a documentary.
0: But she's, sh- she is a character that really spoke to me. And um, Hara is really very... Strong at directing movies about women, Um, Princess Arete, I haven't seen it myself, but it got a lot of praise for having sort of feminist themes as well. Mm -hmm. So I really just, I I just enjoyed sort of getting to know Owe as she was for that sort, I guess about a year. She seems like a character who would speak to you, Caitlin.
1: Like we you've got a particular <laughs> yes. You've got a type of, of female character that you do tend to feel more connected to. <laughs> and oh, it completely fits into that mold. And actually as I was watching it, I was like, I can see why Caitlin likes this one. <laughs> but I'd also love to know what Dee thinks of this. Uh
2: yeah, I so I I think I think you both saw it a while back, like when it was maybe in theaters. I oh, didn't Oh, no, no I just, actually, I mean, I did, but I also just watched it. I
1: saw it about three weeks ago at an anime convention. It's so sad. Like, they had this screening room that was showing some really amazing films, but it mm-hmm. the films weren't advertised independently. So I only found out it was in there through a friend who was also there, and it ended up just being the two of us in the screening room watching this incredible film, and I felt so sad for Aww. it. But that was only yeah, about three weeks bad. ago.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I hadn't had a chance to see it until yesterday. Uh, so oh, wow. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it on Netflix. Uh, the subtitles were closed captions, so I got all the sound effects too, uh, which was an an odd choice on Netflix's part. But that I guess that works. Um, <laughs> I I liked it. I I'm kind of with Amelia. I don't know if it's a movie that's necessarily going to like stick with me and really resonate. Um, but I appreciated it um, on a technical level in terms of like what it was doing with the narrative structure and um, how successfully I think it pulled off. A style that typically I don't think works very well in films. I think usually it feels very disjointed, and I didn't get that sense um, from *Miss Hokusai*. So yeah, I thought it was really well put together, and I didn't even necessarily mind that there's not that it's there's not a ton of character growth because there's a little bit. Like you, you kind of um, you get some movement with uh, Oa and uh, her sister and her dad, Um, but. I think the thing that maybe keeps me from falling absolutely in love with it is it's very restrained. And mm. normally I use that as a positive, And in this case, I'm not sure I do. Um, it seemed like every time it was about to like really hit on some kind of like emotionally honest moment, it would pull back and jump to the next thing. Um, so I had a little bit of a tough time connecting with it emotionally because of that, but I very much liked the characters. Um, the sort of um the way they kind of blended the real realism with you know kind of this like magic fantastical world that um OA and her father and her sister uh Onao saw to an extent um or pictured i guess saw sees not exactly the right word since now was blind <laughs> um that that sense of like of imagination and how they depicted how artists see the world i thought was really great um so yeah there was a lot to like about it but it did not um i did not leave it going oh my god i love this movie i want to watch it over and over and over again so yeah (laughs) appreciated it though definitely
1: you can't see me but i was nodding strongly along with basically everything you just said Uh there's there's one scene which i'm sure we'll come back to um where oe goes to a brothel and Mm -hmm. she she tries to let herself be seduced by the the sex worker (laughs) and just as she's about to kind of give into give into this desire of hers the the sex worker falls asleep on her and says just a minute let me nap and that's the end of the scene and that's the end of that entire (laughs) entire strand of story and i
0: think oh there's the next morning
1: what when she steps out Hmm? Yeah. yeah i mean it's 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 kind of a it feels anticlimactic and it felt, it, I completely agree with you, Dee. It feels like it did kind of step back at those moments. I felt like that was kind of in a microcosm what my experience of of Miss Hawkeye was actually like watching the film. And then when it got to the end, even at that point, I was like, wait, was that it? <laughs> there's no more?
0: Uh oh, looks like I'm in the minority here. Well, I mean, I don't, again, I, there's, there's a lot of things no. I
2: liked about it for sure. I just, um, no, um, I just want over the moon. <laughs> In love with it. I, I feel bad. I kept kind of comparing it to In This Corner of the World because even though they they yeah. take place in very different time periods, they both have that quality of like uh, focusing on kind of the minutiae of everyday life in a historical period, which I love. Like I I love just seeing how people lived in different uh, time periods and places. Um, but where I think I think In This Corner of the World like nailed those emotional beats. Um, I. Uh, I thought Miss Hokusai. It felt like they felt like they were just they didn't they really didn't want it to be like an emotional movie but they inserted a lot of plot points that would like just jumping straight to the end the fact that Onao dies um feels like it should be a big kind of emotional moment because those two characters have I think some, the best scenes up to that point. Um I loved the, the interactions mm-hmm. between OA and her sister. Mm-hmm. Um I thought the, those scenes were, were beautifully depicted. I thought um, her sisters kind of uh, struggle with feeling like she was a bad daughter um, and how they, how they both kind of used imagination in different ways to kind of uh, sort of envision, um, see the unseen, I guess is how I would describe it. Um, I thought all that was lovely. And so then for them to decide to have her get sick and die at the very end um, feels like it should be a big emotional beat, and it really wasn't she shows up at her mom's house. Her mom's like, yeah, she just passed. And then we cut to like a few months later. Um, so I thought that was, it was an odd choice for me that you would, that you would add in a plot point that feels like something you should hit on. And they kind of didn't.
0: I would say that was probably the one move moment in the movie that did seem a little off to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a little bit more about Hokusai himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll dig we'll dig into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um I also think it makes a big difference that I saw this movie before I saw in this corner of the world. Mm-hmm. I saw it in its uh, initial US theatrical release. Mm-hmm. So, um probably about a year ago f- at first I didn't really have that in the front of my mind, so um I absolutely did respond to this movie without sort of that to compare to and if i saw this corner of the world maybe i would be more on the same page as you guys who knows (laughs) um so i want to talk about um the character oa because like i said i really really enjoyed her um (laughs) i thought it was uh (laughs) the movie opened up with a really good little bit of like visual storytelling I think about that really um drove home like what kind of character she is like she is someone who is not interested in traditional femininity Mm -hmm. and she never really like she never like goes into like I'm not like other girls um but you know she she doesn't um shave her eyebrows which I believe was the fashion at the time. The other women in the film, when you see them, they've got no eyebrows. Um, she walks, she, you know, walks forward with this really confident stride, um, yet looking straight ahead of her. Um, you know, she doesn't take care of her father. She works f- with her father. She d- she doesn't take care of him. Mm-hmm. They don't cook. They don't clean. No.
2: They just move to a new house <laughs> when that one gets too dirty. <laughs> I thought that was an amazing way to live. <laughs> I think that's quite tempting
0: sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, it kind of is, right? Indeed. <laughs> and so, sort of, that really set the pace for the kind of character that she is. Um, and the movie is spend. The movie is about building from that, sort of showing the different facets of her personality. But it never feels contradictory. Um, She always feels consistent. Mm -hmm. She always feels believable.
1: And at some point she feels completely relatable, right? Like there's that moment where she's on the bridge and she has a smudge on her cheek and she knows she has a smudge on her cheek and she's tried to get it away. And then her crush walks up and she's like, how can I stand so he doesn't see the smudge on my cheek? And in that (laughs) moment I was just like completely relating to this character from like 200 years ago
0: or whatever it is <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty fantastic like her um, sort of and I feel like her sort of fumbling she's so confident about so many things but she's whenever like it's a matter of sex or romance she's just sort of it just becomes totally awkward um, also which I relatable. found really relatable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> because that's, you know, that's never been a focus in her life. Um, she's surrounded by dudes, but not in that capacity. So when there is like someone she actually likes, then it's just like, oh, no, what do I do? And actually
1: her, her experiences <laughs> with sex are, are very much from a man's perspective, right? So she's sent into brothels to paint pictures mm-hmm. of women. <laughs> like that seems to be the closest right. she
0: gets to, to seeing yeah. what sexuality looks like mm-hmm. um and she or she not- like draws her father's sec- uh, sketches of erotic scenes yes yeah and that's
1: that's the closest she gets and so seeing her try to um well she doesn't even try to does she you can see she's absorbed a little bit like this one scene where she puts on a little bit of makeup and pretties herself up a little bit for mm-hmm. the guy okay. that she thinks she's going to see um but that's that's kind of as far as it gets and she doesn't ever look completely comfortable with herself in those situations like you said i think there's such a nice character character aspect
2: yeah well and i and i think the fact that she because she is an artist and erotica was kind of a big was a a chunk of their money um at the time (laughs) uh i think she's more keenly aware because i'm not sure exactly how old she's supposed to be at this point but i bet it's not that odd for her to be like an unmarried young woman who has never had like a relationship with a man before. Um, but she's more aware of it because uh, it kind of affects her art. And she starts to notice that when people are like, yeah, your paintings just don't have sensuality to them because of, and everyone kind of tap dances around experience. Um, <laughs> well, like, and I mean, well, I think part of it is um,
0: like, they're like, oh, your father sh- really shouldn't be having this young woman paint him." Yeah. And like, that's part
2: of it too, is that sense of, of, um, I thought the movie did a really nice job of blending like historical accuracy with um, modern sensibilities. So you have Mm -hmm. moments like that, but then you also have this kind of overarching sense of the movie being not the movie doesn't the movie itself doesn't feel like it's like shaming her for wanting to be good at drawing erotica. You know what I mean? Like the movie seems cool with that. It's but some of the characters are like, I'm not sure this is this is really a proper thing for a a young woman to be doing. Um, But the thing I really like about that kind of storyline is i think there's a nice focus in the film about like the importance of personal experience and perspective um because one of the reasons like she's really good at drawing women and it's you know i think the fact that she is a woman and spends more time around women kind of in their day-to-day lives than than th- these male painters around her do has a lot to do with that and I, I liked that the the film made a made kind of a point of saying that you know your own perspective. Um, can be a boon and an influence on your work, but it can be a limitation too, in terms of like, you know, her struggling with some of those erotic art artworks.
0: Right. And I think, I think the film walked a very careful line about how sometimes she does feel a little held back because of her gender Mm -hmm. um, without ever like calling it out in a way that felt historically inaccurate. Um, you know, she never, like, she never has a, I'm not like other girls
2: speech. No. (laughs) Um, uh, another character does that for her. Oh God, he does. Kuni now is (laughs) such a putt. Oh, Kuni now. Um, well he, 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 his like introduction to the story is he leans over her shoulder and starts like mansplaining how to draw a dragon. (laughs) Um, and And she she just just, stares at him. Yeah. She is so unimpressed. And I loved that. That was the moment where I was like, okay, I like you. (laughs) You're great. Yes,
0: that was the moment that I fell in love with her. And I was just like, oh my God, this is my kind, this is my kind of girl. (laughs) See, Um, I found that
1: whole thing disappointing because, you know, I love, I love relationships between two adult professionals who respect each other. And I was so sure that's where it was going to go. And then it didn't. And I was so disappointed. I was basically waiting for the rest of the film to see if that would go anywhere. And it didn't, which, you know, it, I know logically that's not a bad thing and I can actually respect that decision, but personally I was really disappointed. So that felt like a shame. Mm, I
2: thought they. I could see that. I thought there were other places in the film where you got that sense of two adult professionals who respected each other. Like she and Zenjiro have a very kind of combative relationship, but I think they do appreciate one another's art to an extent. Yeah, uh, and obviously so. the guy she has a crush on, Hatsugoto, he's also a painter, and they they both seem they have seem to have a mutual respect for one another's work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Kuninao was just kind of this guy who sort of inserted himself in her life uh, because he thought she was cute and not like other girls as Caitlin points out and I liked that all of his scenes which I think in a lot of movies would have been set up for like a romantic comedy like oh look at this guy who knows so much about art and is going to explain it to you and then is going to tell you how cool you are like she has no interest in him I thought that was a very <laughs> clever way to kind of slap down that that trope yeah you are not, well, he's, not wrong he's I just very to like impressed
0: with himself <laughs> yeah He's he's so impressed with himself, you know. The first time we see him in the movie, he's like standing on the bridge painting and he sees her and he just steps in front of her with this big gesture like, I'm going to paint you now and you're going to be impressed by this important artist man. And then he steps in dog shit. Yes. <laughs> um, but like he's he is presented in the movie as being young. He's he's nineteen. Mm-hmm um and Zinjiro does like say that like with shock so we're we do know that he is supposed to be that's supposed to be uh surprising that he is he is that young yeah so I assume that um I assume that Zinjiro and OA are a little bit older than that mm-hmm. maybe like early 20s um but he's the scene where like at the temple that we were sort of alluding to, like with the not like other girls thing. Mm-hmm. When he takes her on a date and that she's so not into. <laughs> she he, She's just so like, once again, she's so like not impressed with him. And he's just following her around, talking about how she's not like other girls. And <laughs> and she just doesn't, he thinks she'll be flattered, but she just doesn't care. He has nothing interesting to say to her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then that, that, and that kind of ties back to when she sees, um, Hatsugoro at the play and he is with like a quote unquote normal girl and she's like, well, it kind of stings that she has, um, sort of, uh, refused traditional femininity when this guy that she really likes does seem to be into that, mm-hmm. which like I can understand um, but that's the, I've been that's there. the one
1: time when she does put on the trappings of femininity, right? It's The one time she she yeah. actually does dress up, put makeup on, put stuff in her hair,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. it's it's almost like it's too late. She, but at the mm-hmm. same time, she's been authentically herself right up until that point. Having said that, mm-hmm. I don't want to imply that her kind of wearing pretty
0: things suddenly makes her not authentic to herself. So, right, of course, uh, another like in another. Th- moment i just want to bring it up because it bothered it. me when the first <laughs> when i first saw the movie i mean it didn't bo- it wasn't something about the movie that bothered me it was something um i have a bad habit when i see a movie i go out and i read all the reviews and if it's a really good movie that i really liked i read the negative ones it's a really <laughs>
2: terrible habit. you should not do that i shouldn't do that No, but when you read um, the good ones. but
0: like i mean a lot of the reviews they didn't seem to notice that the prostitute that oac's is a man
2: oh kichia the at the male at the male brothel yeah kichia is a boy they're like
0: oh she goes out and seeks a lesbian experience i'm just like you don't listen to the voice acting at all do you (laughs) kichia is very and when he like he like grabs his butt after the monk leaves and yells about how sore it is (laughs) like
2: it's not subtle no it's really not um (laughs) Well, and as soon as the as soon as the monk leaves, he kind of uh, he kind of like he he'd been sort of like putting on kind of a show of like excessive femininity, and as soon as the monk leaves, he drops that, and he's still kind of like yeah. bubbly, but he yeah like you can then tell that he's you know kind of putting on a kind of putting on an act for this guy a little bit yeah um, which is true of all the 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 different courtesans and prostitutes that we see in the series. I thought it handled the brothel scenes really well. Um, I really yeah. I especially liked the one with um where they go to see uh, the the one in Yoshiwara, what was her name? sayo Goromo. the the courtesan whose like spirit was trying to escape. Yeah. Um I thought, i. Tell me your opinions on this, because I kind of thought part of the sense of that scene was that she kind of feels trapped within the brothel because there's a lot of shots of those red bars and how the women are kind of being cloistered mm-hmm. behind them. And then her spirit's sort of trying to, like, flee, but it keeps getting, like, pushed up against the netting. Did anyone else get that sense? that that scene I hadn't was- really thought of that, but that
0: does seem like a pretty solid uh, interpretation. Yeah, I think this was the
1: first major kind of fantasy scene of the mm-hmm. film, if if I recall rightly, and I remember just being quite confused because I wasn't sure if if we were in kind of a fantasy story or a, a kind of more realism story. I was I was just a bit lost at that point, so I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. of it perhaps as critically well, as I could have been.
2: They had the they had the the dragon that was kind of the first one when she's painting the dragon, and then it sort of right. it sort of we kind of get the sense it appears in the clouds, and then she paints it um, after she mm. like sees it, quote unquote. Um, and there's a really nice scene, I think, right before the courtesan scene, where uh, Oe and Onao are out on the river, and they imagine the big waves from the ocean. And oh yeah, yeah the great waves. yeah, and you get the side Great Wave like <laughs> homage. Um, but just just the idea of the two of them, um, like sort of envisioning that together um, and kind of sharing mm-hmm. in that in that kind of imaginative moment. Um, I liked the the bursts of magical realism in the story. Again, yeah, I felt like it. Me too it's I think animation is one of the few mediums where you can really capture and I feel bad for doing this comparison again but in this corner of the world did this as well um you can really capture like the way um an artist or a creative you know looks at the world and kind of like pictures how things kind of look in their head like what this looks like to them um and I thought the movie did a really good job of that Um, so is, I 100% agree. I, I
1: do agree, but this is why I was so thrown by that scene because that is not one person's impression of something. That's not a representation of someone's emotional state. That is a shared vision mm-hmm. between like four people in the room. And that's so true. I was. A, that's what threw me. Is like, is this is this happening to them or is this just a representation we're supposed to see yeah. where she's actually I don't know having a fit or something or a nightmare and they're they're imagining this. I don't know. I was a bit lost, but what you've presented does make sense and is a very solid interpretation i agree with caitlin
2: yeah i think i think to a point i mean the movie is is dealing in this realm of magical realism that is um how do i put this a lot of classic japanese literature that is that takes place like in reality features ghosts and spirits like Escaping bodies while people are alive or like ghosts visiting people after like shortly after they've died. And it's kind of it's it's baked into the fiction, even the fiction that is considered like slice of lifey, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that Ms. Hokusai is sort of operating on those same terms. Um, so I, I would describe it as magical realism. But at the same time, I think it's also just sort of the way literature was written and kind of the assumptions of, of kind of that time period would be that, yeah, spirits exists.
0: Right, because cause, uh, Edo is almost as much of a character as any of the humans in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense that they would sort of include um, things that were the perspective uh, of the time and that, yeah, and that like just think, myth and spirits um were really like just parts of everyday life um at the time um like you know i'm sure there weren't literally people whose heads were (laughs) trying to escape their bodies but um it was something that like was just sort of incorporated into everyday life and everyday perspectives um so it makes sense that it would be sort of thrown into the movie Mm Mhm. It yeah it makes um, sense now
1: in kind of the cold light of day thinking about it but I think at the <laughs> it was just that first one I
0: was a bit thrown by it mm-hmm. yeah and I I mean I loved like just little bits and pieces um, cause, I mean because that I remembered from like um, when I was studying like Japanese history like uh, the firefighter thing uh, watching fires uh, being put out with, was a spectator sport mm-hmm. Um, And it was very popular among women and uh, firefighters were uh, basically rock stars, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, that sort of stuff. It was just really, really um, just sort of immersive
2: and enjoyable and I think helped pull me into the film as well. Yeah, I I really liked that about that. And again, I feel like I'm kind of kind of repeat myself a little bit, but maybe maybe we'll go into this a little bit more here, too. Um, I... It does a really good job of painting, of giving you an idea of of day-to-day life in Edo around that time period. Um, but at the same time, it's there's a line that's very difficult to walk with historical fiction. I think sometimes, which mm-hmm. is depicting the world as it is without, ne- while still having like on that kind of higher meta-narrative level, like the message you're conveying to your audience. Um, and your audience is, you know, a, a modern audience, and so I think the movie does a very good job of kind of showing, giving you an idea of what it was like to live in Edo at that time, um, and sort of the beliefs and um, difficulties that they would have had then, um, while simultaneously having this kind of upper meta, meta layer that is that appeals more to a modern audience in kind of the way you were talking about with the way O.A. acts. Um, even the the music has kind of like a rock like a modern rock feel to it, which I did not care for, but I... A lot of people found it very jarring. Yeah, I thought the the rock music was... But but then Sheena Ringo sang the ending theme and I forgave them because she's great. Um, (laughs) But I found it kind of jarring, but I I get what they were going for in terms of trying to tell a story from a different time period that would appeal and be resonant to a modern audience. Um, And I thought they towed that line very well.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I agree, yeah.
0: Um, So... I also, you know, any character movie is uh, as just as important as the main character themselves is their relationships mm-hmm. with the other characters. So I want to sort of zoom in on some of um, those as well. Um, for example, her relationship with Hokusai. Mm-hmm. I think um, they managed to, once again, walk a very fine line uh, because he is her father. He is an authority figure. And I feel like the movie could have been very easily about how she is um, sort of striving under this male authority figure um, who is like, you know, telling her what she's doing wrong at every turn. Um, so they did, a. I feel like they did a really good job making it, not so that it felt like uh hoax was telling her that her work wasn't good enough and being this man putting down a young woman, but just that he was her teacher mm-hmm. and he was... Um, you know When he told her that she needed You know she didn't think things through And tie up the loose ends for example mm-hmm. um, In the scene with the uh, Buddhist folding screen mm-hmm. uh, the, pi- the pictures of hell yeah. He wasn't A man telling a woman that she was wrong He was a teacher telling his student That she still had something that She needed to learn mm-hmm. um, And uh, At the end of the movie when he told her that he thought that she was ready to to start um, making her own art, mm-hmm. that w- I think on re- my second viewing, I feel like that was sort of um, almost like the littlest hint of 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 a plot arc is not it was about Oa coming finally coming into her truly coming into her own as an artist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree with that
1: yeah absolutely and it starts off with the the dragon right that's the the mm-hmm. first kind of artistic point and i actually i think that's mm-hmm. probably my favorite scene where she's just trying to figure out how to construct this dragon and it ends up being more of a, a spiritual experience for her than a technical experience mm-hmm. and it seems like she struggles to put herself kind of emotionally into her pictures throughout the film um so, yeah, I, I absolutely love that opening, that opening. It's not opening, is it? But that kind of early scene showing us mm-hmm. Oe as an artist. Um, I completely agree with you that Hogsight as teacher was, like, it was framed really well. There's no mm-hmm. real point where you get the impression that he's kind of ordering her around because she's a girl or anything like that. She's working, no, like you say, with him, but also kind of for him. He is sort of her boss. It's his name that makes the sales. So she's mm-hmm. she is his subordinate, she's his apprentice, and that framing completely works for me. I was a little bit not disappointed exactly, but in complete contrast to all those reviews where they're like, Hawke's not in it enough, I kind of thought he was in it too much almost.
0: Yeah. I mean and I think that was um and I wrote a whole post about this a while ago on a uh, heroin problem. There were uh, quite a few dude reviewers <laughs> who thought the movie was supposed to be about hokusai they just missed i mean half the, the title always <laughs> point of view
2: i was going to say did they miss the miss in the title or
0: they just <laughs> completely missed the point of the movie so they were like why is this movie about hokusai focusing so much about this young girl <sighs> <sighs> but i struggled with how much it it focused on uh, hokusai
1: himself so we've got this whole it was especially betw- the relationship between him and Onao. Like, that mm-hmm. that got a lot mm-hmm. of attention. And oh, I yeah.
0: thought
1: the and- <laughs> place in that was interesting, but mm-hmm. I,
0: there was it like um, much. And there there was a, a review that actually said that the relationship between Hokusai and Onao would be better served by a live-action documentary, which was like, no! No first of all, okay, I okay. don't know how much historical basis there actually is here,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't either,
0: <laughs> but no, like O'Nao and the relationships with uh o a and also with hokusai uh was the emotional center of the movie yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um well, I agree with that the scene one scene that really grabbed me was um when she when she was sick mm-hmm. and hokusai is he's afraid of illness he's afraid of death but he goes to see her and she reaches up to see to touch his face and he's he's scared and he's not just scared of the illness he's scared of his daughter who just can't see the world the same way he does and that it's just such a fundamental inability for him to understand her because he is so visual. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, and um, I thought, you know, we keep talking about how the movie toes this line, because there were definitely moments where I was angry at him in the same way O.A. was, where I'm like, dude, it's your daughter. Go see her. She thinks yeah. she thinks you hate her. Um, but I thought the movie did a good job of, uh, the scene that to me was really telling was when, um, when Ona was playing in the snow, and O.A. remembers a time as a child when her dad was with her, and he was drawing, and she was trying to get him to play in the snow with her. And Instead of, and he won't do that, but then he brings her over and like gives her like a, like her own sketchbook basically. And she starts painting with him. Yeah. And I think that really gives you an idea of he's, he's one of those people who he's not trying to be mean. He just doesn't know how to interact outside of artwork. Um, and so that's the connection he and OA are able to have. And so to have a daughter who, yeah, doesn't, you know, um, has, does is blind. Um, so, you know, you can, Explain a painting to her, which Oe does later, which I thought was a lovely scene, mm-hmm. um, and she can kind of envision it, but she can't. She can't share in that process with him the same way that Oe can, and so it's that sense of he just has no idea how to interact with someone who, who you know, can't interact via like artwork. And I loved it when they explored that. I really did, because, mm-hmm. you know, my, my dad's kind yeah, of the same, actually.
1: you know <laughs> When I was really small, he tried to teach me computer co- programming to kind of bond with me. Um, <laughs> I, six-year-old me didn't really take to it at the time, but it was sweet that he tried. Um, and, you know, he tried to share, like, his his love of, like, the kinds of books that he liked. He actually introduced me to anime um, by just recording Studio Ghibli films when they showed up on TV and, and showing them mm-hmm. to me on VHS as I grew older. And so that that was, you know, watching that where he sits her down and puts paper in front of her because that's what he understands. And that's how he can communicate with her and bond with her. That I absolutely loved and showing how he found it difficult to connect with Ornao in the same way. And mm-hmm. so he would rather run away from her than connect with her. That made sense to me. But his fear mm-hmm. of her illness felt like it belonged in another film. It didn't connect. It, it didn't makes sense in the Miss Hoxai story, unless you take mm-hmm. Miss Hoxai to mean both of them, but,
0: I mean, OA was clearly the focus here. Yeah, so. uh, it's funny. <laughs> my, my relationship with my dad was a little bit closer to um, o- O'Nall's, where, I mean, you know, just sort of in, ter- in the terms we were talking yeah. about, where my sister was more OA. My dad's very into theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my sister was the one who ended up getting into theater i ended up being the anime nerd <laughs> and my dad's relationship with my sister when we were uh when we were teenagers was much stronger than his with mine We i fought with my dad a lot and he hated that i liked anime and he didn't understand it um and he thought it was all for perverts um, <laughs> did. it didn't help that i was the first anime i got into was ranma one half oh. and every time <laughs> a character <laughs> took off their shirt my dad would walk in the room naturally <laughs> um It just felt out of
1: place to me within this film about Miss Hoxai. It felt like it was delving more into the psyche of of Hoxai himself rather than Miss Hoxai, rather than Oe. And that, Mm -hmm. it felt like a sideline too far for me because the story was already episodic. So I was already having difficulty Mm -hmm. feeling emotionally engaged with it. And then when that one kind of took over the story, and Ona was an important character and, and the impact of her death on her sister was really important. But... The, the impact it had on Hawks I felt less important to me and it felt a bit intrusive to have him as such a major point of that of that story. Mm,
2: that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think the if the movie has kind of there's a central arc of o, of OA uh, kind of coming into her own as an artist as Caitlin noted and I think there's also kind of a central conflict which is that OA is sort of this um, bridge between her dad and her sister. Um, you know, the two most important people in her life don't seem to know how to connect to each other. Um, And so in the early portions of the movie, when we're sort of seeing that relationship through OA's eyes, I think it's I think it's really good and and a compelling kind of central through line, um, as we talked about with Hokusai not knowing how to um, how to connect with her. Um, And his response to her illness is to paint a picture like that's that's all he knows how to do, really. (laughs) Um, That's very him. Yeah um it's sweet no it is it's it's him you know trying to show concern in his own way and so like as frustrating as it is for me that you know he can't just like be there for his kid I I think that the the film does a good job of showing kind of the person he is and how he's kind of trying to do his best in his own way um but yeah I think in those in those final some of those final scenes it feels like the perspective shifts away from OA and and to yeah. Hokusai and that's it's it's a little jarring. I do agree with you on that one, Amelia. Because um, then it doesn't seem like OA's still involved. I still thought it was a really good scene. I agree with you, Caitlin, the one when when he comes over and she puts her hands on his face. I thought that was a excellently done scene. Ah uh, I was listening um, to that. But anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um Owe and uh Oh now. Every scene that they were in together was just like so, was so lovely. Yeah, it was wonderful, yeah. Um, I loved like the scene where they go out to the bridge together and all of a sudden the focus of the um the sound design mm-hmm. shifts and you can hear the sound so much more yeah. clearly. Um and just the way that um OA is able to connect to O'Na and is able to like really try to help her experience the world on a level that she can um that she's capable of with her uh you know, her sound and touch and taste. Mm-hmm. Um it was um just really beautiful.
2: Um I really, really enjoyed um
0: every scene that they were in together.
2: Yeah, I agree. That that again, um, I, I probably said this already, but um I thought that was absolutely the emotional core of the movie and during the during the snow scene when they were kind of walking around and then she's kind of befriends that like local boy and they start playing in the snow together i had a moment where i was like you know the entire movie could just be Oa and O now doing stuff together and i'd be <laughs> happy
1: with that
2: <laughs> um that's no i thought was
1: it was lovely with the little boy and you think he mm-hmm. might be about to be cruel to her
2: yeah, and I was worried he, that's he, where
1: that was going. Me too. But he finds a way to, to not just communicate, but to play. And she doesn't yeah. have a lot of play in her life. Uh, it was just beautifully animated as well. Now, I rarely notice mm-hmm. animation, but that was one example where I was just watching this little boy's movements. Like, how did a human with a pencil create this? It was just I know so fluid and beautiful. Yeah, it was
0: absolutely stunning. And it was a really touching scene. Um, and I, I like that O.A. is so different with O'Neill than she is with anyone else Mm -hmm. but it feels natural um you know it's not it's a different side of her um and that we're able to see like
2: you know with the men she's a little bit cold and she's she's standoffish. She's very professional, I think, is part of it, too, um, with a lot of them. Um, like Zenjiro, she and Zenjiro have more of a combative relationship. But I think with a lot of the guys, there's that sense of like, I'm also a professional artist. And we, that's our relationship is of colleagues.
0: Um, I mean, I I personally felt like she just is tired of dealing with dudes. But maybe that's just for. Well, she's
2: definitely tired of dealing with like Cooney now. Um, she has no interest <laughs> in him. She has um, no patience
0: with him from the start, does she? No, she really doesn't. (laughs) I
2: think it's one of those things but then but then like she's like very nice to Hatsugoro and the two of them have some kind of nice chats together yeah. so um, I, you know probably um, just depends on, on the guy Yeah. But... I don't think it's tired of dude she clearly
1: has respect for her father and she clearly mm-hmm. doesn't
2: yeah, no, have for <laughs> sure really but yeah but she'll yell at both of them like she'll yell at her yes. dad when she thinks he needs to be yelled at Um, which no but I, I agree with you I like that Um, her relationship with Onao is you see kind of a kind of a softer um, tender kind of it's very yeah. warm yeah very warm that's, that's a good word for it it's just it's just a very loving relationship relationship like she clearly cares a lot for her sister and it's nice too because i think in a lot of movies like this when they want to show like the kinder or more compassionate side of a of a character who's kind of like um brisk in their day-to-day interactions a lot of the time it's it's oh this person they're in love with and they're like this with them and so i like that they use the familial bond in this movie instead of mm-hmm. trying to like shoehorn in a like a romantic story that's true i haven't thought of that
0: yeah no it's it it is true um and I do like that o a is not like a total like saccharine anime child oh O-Nau. oh now I um, mean? yeah yeah did i say Yes, Oae? you did oops <laughs> oh no Na- well the o a either she's definitely not a saccharine anime true child that um but no o a is uh uh oh now, here we go <laughs> oh now, like she's still a little bit idealized yes. she's um she's very content, isn't she <laughs> well
2: but I wouldn't she's say she's
0: content no she just doesn't ask for anything
2: and she doesn't I think and um, I think the humbled? movie does a she good doesn't thing.
0: expect anything
2: well I think the movie does a good job of explaining yeah. why she why she does act why she is sort of um kind of quiet and reserved and yeah doesn't really ask for things is she there's this sense of and I I don't know the historical uh, finer points of you know how disabled people were treated in Edo Japan um but she feels like she can't be a good daughter because of because she's blind. And so there's that sense of like, well, I don't have the right to ask for anything because I'm already like a burden on my family. Um, and familial bonds were, you know, very important at the time, especially with your filial bonds, particularly with your, with your parents. Um, and so she has a lot of like guilt about um, just the fact that she was born, you know, uh, she was born blind and it's really sad. And so I like that the movie... Um, OA is so fiercely against that train of thought again it's the movie kind of towing that line I think between like the way people probably did think historically at the time um, which was not good and OA being like no that's stupid you're a great kid you're gonna go to heaven don't worry about it Um, yeah it was really sad mm -hmm. just hearing her talk about that like just absolutely
0: heartbreaking Um, because she's and at the end uh oh is talking to oh no and she looks up at the sky mm-hmm. um yeah no just ev like just every moment with them was just like so so touching um and it really is once again the movie walks a very fine line cuz it would be really easy to make the those moments sort of saccharine mm mm-hmm. Um, and overly sweet, um, and hallmarky. Yeah. But they're not, it just, it feels like, oh, just loves her little sister so, so much and wants to show her the world, um, in a way that no one else seems to be willing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought, I thought that relationship and that storyline was handled really well. And meanwhile, we touched on this a little bit, but always, uh, always oh, relationship with her peers mm-hmm. aka as I have it in
2: the uh, show notes the dudes <laughs> yeah I think we've covered a lot of that already um, mm-hmm. cause yeah we've made our opinions on Kuninao pretty clear I, I liked that her relationships <laughs> with I like that you know there's there's three male students who kind of cycle through the film and it's Zenjiro, Hatsugoro and Kuninao and I like that her relationship with all three of them is different yeah um, yeah Again, she's the kind of person where none of her none of the sides of her that we see feel out of place or out of character. Like they all feel like they belong to the same person. Yes. But, you know, yeah. people do interact with different people differently. You know, the the kind of goofball kid who's crashing with you and your dad, you're going to behave very differently with him than the student from the rival school versus the guy you kind of have a crush on.
0: Um <laughs> a student from the rival school.
2: This has got a bit now. So all got quite oh shonen God. all
1: of a sudden, didn't
2: it? <laughs> well, they, sorry, they talked about that. They talked about that at the beginning of the film that he's from a, a different art school, yeah, and no, they no, kind no. of are like in competition for um, uh, patronage and things like that. So nothing yeah, you said I, was
1: inaccurate. You just made it sound that much more. I just made it sound very doesn't. shonen. Okay, <laughs> or like a great. college
2: rivalry. <laughs> my hero I'm up for that. <laughs> um.
0: But, yeah, like, her relationship with each of them is different, but it feels consistent for the character. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a... That that is a fine line. Because she's probably known Zenjiro for a while. Yeah. Um, And it it is almost, like, sibling-like, the way that they, like, sort of pick at each other yeah it is for sure and annoy each other And it
1: seems like they're fairly uh level artists as well so it seems like they complement each other he's good at things that she's not so good at and she's good at things that he's not so good at i don't know if he's Mm -hmm. quite as good as her yet but you get the impression they're both on kind of the same tier as apprentices Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i I quite appreciated that yeah they're they're very much equals I don't um, know if
1: that's true, so that's that's why I was avoiding saying that. I'm not sure they were quite equals, because I actually got the feeling well, at moments that Oe was, like, the senior one, but at the same um, time, he, Zenjiro is the one who obviously gets to go with Hokusai and spend more social time with him. Yeah, So
0: and, and that's sort of it, the separation, yeah. is that Oe does get left out of these things sometimes because of her gender. Mm-hmm. Like, so it didn't feel she equal, doesn't...
1: it did feel balanced, no. I
0: guess. Yeah, no, that's a better way to put it, I, I guess. Um, and that is an interesting thing that, like, even even though she does have these different relationships, um, you know, that are very, like, well-depicted, I still do think that there is there is a little bit of a barrier between her and the um, other artists because she is a girl. Um, even if, like, I feel like Hokusai treats her... Pretty, pretty much the same. Um, but she's just never like, you know, she doesn't go out to soba or go out drinking with the dudes with like, you know, that the fox girl during the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sort of isolated. She's very focused in on her art. Um, the only time we see her really like, mm, no, never mind. <laughs>
2: Anyway. But no, I do agree with you. There's
1: a I, I don't remember. D, you saw it yesterday. Do, does she get invited out by them at all?
2: Um, she goes with them to see the courtesan with the stretchy mm. neck. But that's a word. Um, thing. But, but that's a she, word she, thing. And she yeah, was no, she, going she, that. They followed her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's true. Um, oh, you're, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I just saw it. Uh, um, no, I think for the most, yeah, um, there's definitely a social barrier. And it's never called out. Um, like it's never made explicit in the film but there's very much that sense of when they're going out to party they're usually going to a geisha house or a brothel Yeah. Um, and so she's she's not she does not get to go out and party with them and she, um, she never asks to does she? she it's not like she asks and she gets rebuffed or anything like that it seems like
1: mm-hmm. she's reached a conclusion that she's not going to go on these things for whatever
2: reason and, yeah, so and she it's, doesn't even try
0: yeah, I would say... Right. Well, she's also... Yeah, she she doesn't seem good at putting herself out there. Mm-hmm. Like socially?
2: Well, and I think it's not super clear. And again, maybe if we were... Maybe if I was more familiar with uh, Edo history and cultural norms, um, it's not clear if it's because she has no interest or if it's because that was just absolutely not a thing women did. So there's yeah. kind of an assumption that, well, of course you're not going to go out. This You yeah. wouldn't. Right. Yeah, my assumption was that it was more of the latter, that it was it was just...
1: she She's not going to try because there's kind of no point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there is a sense that she's isolated, um, uh, a little bit, and it means that she
1: focuses and, on um, her work all the more. I think.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. she's very much in a world that is um, occupied by men. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see any other female painters. Um, the other women we see are what courtesans, uh, wives, her sister. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Does
0: she Hatsugora's girlfriend? Yeah.
1: His date, we don't know so. that they were. They were an item. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of disappointing as well. Is like she doesn't, she doesn't kind of engage with him on that. She just kind of well, no, actually, this fits with her character completely. Like she sees an yeah, image, yeah, she jumps to a conclusion, she assumes she's right, and she walks away. Mm-hmm. And, she's very reserved. Yeah. Um, she's not used to taking risks. I think. Although, mm-hmm. yeah, well, her whole if... existence is kind of taking a risk. You know, she like walks into brothels and things like that, but. It's within that's all for art yeah exactly it's it's kind of within this framing of her profession whereas mm-hmm. doing things for, for social reasons or for emotional reasons that seems to be very far outside her comfort zone and that's where she starts mm-hmm. getting more uncomfortable
0: yeah no I agree um, and yeah it's I don't know if I would say it's a weakness but one of the things about this being such a brief snapshot of her life rather than Following um, a narrative arc is we don't really know. It's a very much a chicken or the egg situation. Um, is she reserved because uh, she doesn't feel like she is a part of things because of her gender or is she not invited along because she's so reserved? Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's something you
1: know. I would have liked to have got a bit more insight into, which you can't because mm-hmm. it is a snapshot, as you said. And I do understand and respect what that brings to a story about a woman and like you said it does a really good job of showcasing many different aspects of the same person making them feel consistent showing her in a number of different situations which give us more information about her and about edo and daily life then this is all great but what i really wanted from a film called miss hogs was how did she get there where is she going what's driving her and i never really got that sense mm-hmm. and that grounding
0: Right. And it is based on a longer running manga. Mm-hmm. Oh really. Um the one Betty, Um which I don't think it's ever been translated into English at all, unfortunately. Wasn't
2: it written in like the seventies or something? Yeah, okay. it's old. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um here. Uh I am um, that's the thing about being at a computer. Yeah, it ran in the eighties. Oh, okay. Um, nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty seven. Um, there is also Amelia. This might interest you. There is a book about uh, O.A. Wait, why does this interest a me fic- specifically? Uh, <laughs> a fiction, uh, well, there's a fiction a fiction novel about oh. O.A.
1: <laughs> so it might be more palatable to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, it might fit your taste I a was little like, bit like D more. reads
1: books
0: too.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. T, i did see that it was um like a canadian writer i think wrote it um yeah. in the 90s maybe i don't remember the exact but i did notice that when i was doing some preliminary like research to get a feel for um the real the real miss hokusai um mm-hmm. yeah, and 90s. yeah now i now i kind of want to read that book like i want to know more about this 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 real life person because she seems she seems really interesting and, and neat and yeah I had to stop myself, even in the screening room with just
1: me and a friend. And I had to stop myself googling every five minutes, like going to the Hogsite site Wikipedia and seeing like what was real and what was oh, like, uh-huh. documented and what was probably not not based in reality. The really
0: anime easy. takes place in eighteen fourteen, so she's actually pretty young. Oh wow, she is. So um, she's fourteen. Yeah. Well, about we don't know exactly when she. We don't born. know her exact. Yeah, we don't know her exact year. She's of a birth. very good artist for her teens. Mm -hmm. she is she's very I mean oh yeah she's very talented I've seen talented artists in their teens she really is it always makes me really mad (laughs) well that would have been that would have been kind of again
1: a a good sense of context to have but I don't think this film was about giving you context at all and it no. deliberately did not give you more information. It deliberately did not tie up loose ends. Like I almost not I sure mean, why they bothered with that little epilogue text at the end. <laughs> like it didn't really add <laughs> anything. It raised more questions than it answered.
0: And I think it's possible that um it's sort of expected that the audience would know know at least something about uh about her, about o- OA. Oh really? Um Certainly yeah, about her I mean, dad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how known she is. Hokusai is definitely known. sure,
1: but how much um, would you know about details of his life? I mean, there are many famous British artists from from what two hundred odd years yeah, ago that I, I have no clue about
2: except their name. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Hokusai is real um, to me. To just based on some of the reading I've done, it sounds like Hokusai was kind of kind of was famous for being a bit of a character, um, which to me, like, if I'm so, I guess if I was going to compare him, it might be like uh like van gogh is to a lot of europe or the western world where it's like we all know a few like weird kind of anecdotal stories about him Um, you know he's got he's got that aspect of him as well so i could see people going into this being like oh yeah hokusai we you know he's kind of a kind of a folk legend almost at this Mm -hmm. point um and i don't god don't quote me on that um i i don't know for sure that's just kind of based on some of the some of the preliminary reading i did um is that there might be an, an assumption that the audience knows more about the time period and the character than the the target audience, which again would be people in Japan, um, than maybe you know us us folks in the United States and England would would know off just immediately. Right. So. I'm not. Um, so um, I thought they did a good job of giving me a good idea of what the world was like it, without necessarily yeah. like explaining things with lots of. Uh, this is how things were back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of expository it really dialogue. Really brought the time period. And I, truthfully, when I'm watching historical fictions, I would rather be a little confused than have them just constantly expositing at me, like you know, via, <laughs> via, <laughs> that via internal true. monologues. So I will. I will take that. That sense of like, this is how. This is how things were done. Um, just roll with it, then. Yeah, i had yeah. been the other way for sure. That's totally true. And
1: I do I do think that this was just one of those films that wasn't quite made for me. And that's okay. Like, not a, mm-hmm. not everything is made for me. And I'm quite well catered to with things like Studio Ghibli, which does do that very
0: linear narrative very often. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I personally think that everything should be made for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and fortunately, this movie was. That's good. Um, I do, <laughs> I do have one final question mm-hmm. uh you know and i'm always very much uh this question is not always useful when discussing a, discussing a work but i do think it's relevant oh, here Oh,
1: i know what you're gonna ask
0: is this movie feminist
1: caitlin you put together an yes. entire presentation on why this is a bad question to ask and not useful and not i'm productive. Saying,
0: and so it means that It means a lot when i do take the time to ask the question very interesting
2: (laughs) okay um i know i don't uh, i'm very hesitant to slap the feminist the because i feel it feels like we're rubber stamping something um i would say i
0: I am too i would say it
2: listen you know i yeah um i would say it absolutely has feminist themes um i would say it is feminist friendly um Again, I think it does a really good job of showing a historical time period when women were very much second-class citizens, but does not, but gives you... This historical moment and this and this kind of famous historical, you know, painter um, figure through the eyes of somebody who maybe is somewhat forgotten by history, um, and that being, you know, a woman, um, kind of the, the marginalized group of the time. I think that's I think that's great, and I found myself comparing this movie to In This Corner of the World and Hidden Figures a little bit sometimes. Oh, um, okay. Because of that sense of like, they didn't write their names on it, but they were absolutely integral to the process, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we need more stories like that. I think it's important that we have fiction about, uh, women and other marginalized groups who were absolutely a part of these, you know, um, great works and achievements that kind of get left out of history books a lot of the time. Um, so I think the very fact that Ms. Hokusai focuses on that element, um, and does so in a way where, where O.A. is, um, again, a, a character who, you know, we, we all liked a lot, um, is admirable and, and real and, you know, has flaws, but is still somebody who you can kind of, like, admire a little bit. Um, I think all that's very good. And, again, feminist friendly. So, yes. <laughs> rubber stamp? I don't know. I say no. <laughs> no rubber stamp. I take that rubber stamp
1: and smack it out of your hand. No.
0: Okay. Reason no rubber being. stamp. Basically Yeah, listen, I'm I'm not asking for a rubber stamp.
1: Caitlin, you're starting fights. This is not very feminist of you.
0: <laughs> Good. So- Good listening. <laughs>
2: No, um, and again, I don't, I really don't want to be like, yes, this movie is feminist, but I think it's, feminist. I think it's definitely feminist friendly. I would have no troubles recommending this movie to my feminist friends. And I think that's the key mm-hmm. distinction. Now,
1: I, I I looked at this in real kind of detail when we were first starting Anime feminists. It's like, how do I describe, how do I describe this as being something that feminists will appreciate without calling it a feminist text? Because I do think, mm-hmm. you know, I agree with the presentation you did, Caitlin, which I enjoyed very much indeed when I saw it which is that you have to do something more than just present a story about a feminist to make it a feminist film, for example. So you can't, you know, it was absolutely, she challenged gender norms and so on, but that's not what the film is about. And it doesn't ever interrogate that. It doesn't ever make that a point of the story. It is what it is. You walk in and that's it, the world's set that way. And it's not like the world has accepted her. It's not like she successfully smashed those norms. She's just found workarounds for it. So I don't. I don't think mm-hmm. you could call this a feminist text, but absolutely feminist-friendly. I would hesitate. I wouldn't hesitate to to recommend it to feminist friends. Completely agree with you, Dee. Mm-hmm. Go on, Caitlin. What's, See, call <laughs> it... what's your thought?
0: <laughs> I would call it. I would say it's like low, very low key feminist. Mm-hmm. Is my thought? Low key yeah. feminist. Um, okay. Very yes, low key, um <laughs> as opposed to like the woman called Fujiko Mine, which is high key. Yeah, feminist. like
2: explicit, very, very much like the point of the narrative that is. Right. I don't want to say shoved um, in your face because that makes it sound like I didn't like it and I did, but yeah, like it's 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 all out there, and yeah. Sorry, continue. Because.
0: Yeah, so I do think that it sort of um specific like it does um have a very specific point of view about um OA's life as a woman in these conditions as opposed to just an interesting historical figure mm-hmm. or um as a uh, painter who happened to live in this time period or as someone who was uh living around this brilliant man, which is what a lot of movie reviewers seem to see it as um it does have you know like th- the scenes where cooney now uh mansplains mm-hmm. her <laughs> or tells her that she's not like other girls like that's such a familiar conversation and the fact that oa has like zero interest in mm-hmm. it um i feel like does sort of like you know think little small things like that yeah to sort of say things to me um, that this is sort of something written with a perspective. And even though it was directed by a man, um, actually who wrote this movie? Um, It was written by a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, like the, that, that does sort of show the perspective of someone who in reality is, um, has experience with that and wants to sort of express that this is something that is exhausting (laughs) and frustrating Mm -hmm. um in a very sort of uh low-key way yeah um see that's so I do I I do feel like it has like some feminist threads to it and also the choice just the choice of OA um Of choosing to make the movie about her instead of about her famous father. Instead of making it about um, Zenjiro, who is also a historical figure. um, That sort of stuff. I think there were a lot of choices made um, in this movie that is made for general audiences. That's not made for, like, special interest art nerds or special interest, um, you know, uh women's audience, you know, it's I mean it sucks that women is considered a special interest, but you know, <laughs> that it is what it is, right? <laughs> um uh so the fact that um a lot of these choices were made um specifically and consciously um I do think sort of gives it like I said uh, a low
2: a sort of low key feminism. Mm-hmm. More implicit than explicit. Yeah, And
0: see,
1: that's that's not good enough for me. That's not enough. I think, for example, you t- you took the, the scene where she ignores Kuninau's advances. So she's, okay, we've averted that trope. We've not subverted it in any way. We've not even addressed it. It just happens. We see a microaggression I mean, that we experience hasn't- on screen.
2: But hasn't the act of seeing it and having the female character be unimpressed by it doesn't that address it? I mean, you don't have to have somebody turn around and give a give an extensive speech about why something isn't okay for it to be addressed I, in a film.
1: I think mm-hmm. there's a big I think, or in a work of art
2: sidesteps it completely and gives a long speech. I feel
1: like there would have been a middle ground which would have addressed it a bit more, and it just it wasn't enough that I could
0: call it feminist at this point. See, I think. Um, like I think her response was just like the fact that I could see like that I could feel her like just are you serious right now like I don't I don't think that was just projecting <laughs> that like I don't know I got that you know, sense too was, I got that sense too, like Caitlin, just like so. are you kidding me that this dude is doing this right now like See, I didn't, There's a weirdness I didn't to get it. that.
1: Yeah, I got that she was kind of bored of it, but again, it just it didn't seem enough for me. So, you know, maybe I've just got like simpler tastes and I need things spelled out for me, but I couldn't call maybe you're it. just not
0: smart enough maybe for this. Maybe I'm movie, just not Amelia. smart enough
1: for this film. That is entirely a possibility. Damn I, I don't think I could ever recommend this as a feminist film. It it doesn't go far enough, I think. Whereas something like Hidden Figures, which is about dismantling the the system which keeps these women in a, an inferior position that's what the film is about you don't get that in this film and it doesn't ever address it as directly as hidden figures does hidden figures great film, by the way everyone should see it got a few problems oh yeah though. I think you could safely call that one a feminist film for those reasons
2: yeah it's definitely oh, it's definitely disagree. more that is it's yeah well, we can't sure. No, have to. I would agree that I mean again I don't it was a comparison that happened in my head because I also recently saw Hidden Figures, um, which, again, I, I agree with you. Great movie. Um, I th- It is more explicitly addressing those themes, and I think Ms. Hokusai is more implicit. And I, I think that's fine. I think movies that... Uh, again, I think that's part of the film's restraint, which is both um, a strength and kind of a detriment to it at times, is um, that sense of wanting wanting to kind of address a lot of things from a sideways angle. And I appreciate that in movies. I uh, In most... Uh, works of of fiction, Um, I appreciate the, like, kind of trusting the audience and not feeling like you have to spell everything out. Um, But it does, you always run the risk that it's not uh, going to hit as hard. Um, So, you know, it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some kind of a middle ground, I guess here. (laughs) I'm gonna be wishy-washy. You're gonna be the
1: mediator, that's fine. Yeah, no, I would have just loved that in that moment where Kunina's kind of being you're not like other girls it would have been nice if she kind of said to him you know do you do you actually know any other women painters or so something to kind of challenge him in this in the scene and we don't get that she avoids him but you know what that is really true to her character consistently she avoids the stuff that's kind of annoying to deal with and she deals with the stuff that she wants to deal with so that's it's consistent characterization at least (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay um should we close out any final thoughts it was a good movie i liked it
2: yeah final thoughts. it's a good movie <laughs> pretty movie check it good out movie. folks it, Watch it it's on it's on netflix in the u.s currently it's, um it's not, amelia yeah. i don't know if it's on no, it's, not it's not in the uk not, okay well yeah, check your like, check your netflix you might have it available um <laughs> <laughs> So it might be easy to track down. If not, I think it's on DVD. So worth checking out. <laughs> or screening at anime <laughs> <All> conventions. <right. laughs> yes. All right. Let's. All right. So, uh,
0: if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to listen to more or read, uh, some, uh, posts along similar, uh, lines of thought, you can check out our site at animefeminist.com or our Twitter at, at animefeminist or Facebook, uh, which is animefem or our tumblr animefeminist.tumblr.com uh, we also have a patreon uh, patreon.com animefeminist and a hundred percent of that goes to make sure uh, the people who write for us who work who edit are compensated for their contributions um, if you can spare a dollar a month it really really does add up so please go to patreon.com animefeminist send us a dollar a month to continue our work And if you can spare $5 or more, we do have a Discord chat for donors um, that the staff are also in. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And have a great day or night. (laughs) Thank you.